0: Uh, we need you. We really do. Uh, let's go ahead and get mic'd up and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, do you thank you for many blessings. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity uh, for others to uh, glorify thee in song. We praise you for what we've heard this morning, tonight, um, and in the future. We just praise you that uh, those of us that cannot sing or we make a joyful noise, but that is literal, uh, we just pray that you would. Uh, bless each one of them in the way that only you can bless them for being willing to put themselves out there and to open up their hearts and sing to thee and we thank you for this just pray for the services tonight pray for those that are traveling those that are sick surgeries um, and uh, treatments just pray lord that you would intervene in each situation in jesus name and for his sake amen go ahead and turn to revelation chapter 2 Revelation 2, as I've said each time, what we are doing is we are taking subjects out of Revelation and going ahead and preaching them independent of the verse by verse that we'll do later on, with us moving over into the other building for a couple of weeks. I'm not sure exactly when that will start, um, but I think the paper just came out. It does say I'm starting in March, but... Uh, We'll put it on the sign out there. I've got to change it anyway from the sign that says the uh, conference that we had uh, needs to change to the revelation, uh, preaching and teaching. Um, And we do get, y'all don't know, but we do get a lot of um, uh, interaction uh, with people. Sermon audio um, has quite a bit. We also go live on sermon audio. We do the sermon audio audios. Um, Then we have YouTube. We have Facebook. The second Facebook still isn't working. Oh, and she shares it, but it isn't live, but it does have the recordings on our Facebook page. So just pray that I can get that worked out. I don't think it's a simple fix because it's a Facebook problem. It's not um, our epiphon problem, which is the unit that pushes it out there. I think Facebook is just communist, antichrist, etc., we will still use them just because people tune in, but uh, you know, we don't fool ourselves and think that they are truly on our friend list because they are not friends. Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So tonight's message is, Overcomers Eat of the Tree of Life. Now, uh, this is a controversial subject for some. It's not controversial for me anymore, because when I saw the truth, the controversy stopped. Doctrinally, overcoming um, has to do with all those that have accepted Jesus Christ. Anybody that accepted Jesus Christ their Savior is an overcomer. Now, that's important to understand. But, you know, they're looking, people that teach this are looking and saying, oh, well, that's Revelation, that's talking about the tribulation period, Daniel's 70th week, and therefore they got to work for their salvation they have to personally overcome in order to eat of the tree of life or, or all the other things that we're going to look at concerning overcoming. That's not true, and we'll see it as, as we look at it. If you'll turn to 1 John chapter uh, 4, 1 John chapter 4, Twice in First John, the book points out that believers indwelled by God have already overcome through the power that indwells in them. Now look, now just listen to that. So by the power that indwells them, they are overcomers. It's not based on their own uh, ability to overcome. You would think, well, it says overcome. Obviously, it has to be something that that you. Work out on your own power and ability because you're the overcomer. No, it's just like everything else. Christ is the overcomer through us. 1 John 4, 4. Year of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because. Because what? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's it. So how do you overcome? Because the one that we have in us is greater than the God of this world. Pretty simple, right? Not so simple if you go to the Bible with preconceived notions. If you go to the Bible and you say overcoming is a work by man, and it is, um, it, it's, it, it, it's work salvation, and that's what you're going to push into the verse in Revelation, you will never get the truth out of 1 John 4. 4. You'll never get the truth out of 1 John 5. 4 if you want to turn there. You're born of God, right? That's even disputed. Oh, born again, that's John 3, that's the nation of Israel. That's what's taught. But you are regenerated. So you are generated and regenerated, therefore you are born, generated, and you are born again, regenerated. Christians are all born again. So he says in verse 4 of chapter 5, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So our faith, trusting in Christ, means we're born of God, and because we're born of God, we overcome the world. Simple as that. Hyperdispensationalist, which is what I was, because now I know I was, Has a lot to do with soteriology, which is salvation. And basically, you have the church age, everybody's saved through faith, uh, saved by grace through faith. Everybody outside the church age, Old Testament, future tribulation, Daniel's 70th week, is saved by works plus faith. That's what I was taught. That's what I taught. Until I kept studying it out and God kept, you know hitting me with verse after verse, then I realized there's an answer to every verse that is attempted. I just had a dialogue with a guy. I don't remember where I was. It was an inopportune time, but I went ahead and um, dialogued with him. He'd asked me a question. He says, well, this is what I have a problem with. I, he says, Hebrews. Hebrews 6, 4 through 6. Typical. You know, I, I mean, I've heard, I wrote a whole chapter on it. And then he says, I said, well, go to Hebrews 13, 5. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So if you think that Hebrews 6 means you can lose your salvation, Hebrews 13 says God will never leave you nor forsake you. You have a contradiction in your Bible. If Hebrews 6 means He'll leave you and forsake you, then Hebrews 13 isn't true. Simple as that. And then he says, well, you you are a Bible believer, right? Because he has to know that too. And I said, listen, I've been a Bible believer almost since the very beginning. I probably was a Bible believer when I had a New American Standard. I mean, I was a Bible believer. I believed the Bible. I just didn't know how bad it was. And then I saw the truth of the issue here in this church in 1980, within three months of being saved. And then I became a Bible Bible believer because it was the right Bible. I don't know that I ever doubted um, the Bible as in the one I had. I just found out there were a lot of problems with it once I learned the truth. So hyperdispensationalists teach that overcoming occurs through the works man does for salvation. The Bible teaches nothing of the sort, and we'll see that tonight. One's faith overcomes by trusting in Christ as Savior. Yet the overcoming in Revelation refers specifically to those who overcome the sin that this church was guilty of. Remember, we got the, we got the letters to the seven churches... And um, I think we're in the Pergamus church, but I'm not sure in verse um, 7. Um, wait, I can look right there. No, we're still in, it's the last verse of the, of the epistle to the Ephesus church. So overcoming in Revelation specifically refers to uh, those who overcome the sin that this church in Ephesus was guilty of, the sin of leaving their first love. The reward for overcoming is to partake of the tree of life. And we'll look at the tree of life probably next, because I remember in my notes it was the next thing dealt with, a rather extensive um, bit on the tree of life. It's not what you might think it is. Well, if they eat of the tree of life in Genesis 3, they'll they'll live forever. And people say, well, you could eat of the tree of life and it gave you eternal life. Well, in Revelation, when you put all the verses together, in Revelation it says they have to eat, nations have to eat of the tree of life month by month and had a fruit every month. So what does that mean? Well, if they ate it at once, did they have eternal life? No. As long as they ate of it month after month after month after month, they could live forever because it would enable them to do that. So it doesn't give eternal life. And again, I'll, we'll deal with that next time we look at something. Faithful saints receive additional benefits. Go back to Revelation chapter 2. Due to their faithful service to the Savior, however, the Bible promises all that overcome at least 12 primary rewards from the Lord. According to the testimony of Scripture, the overcomer in verse 7 shall eat of the tree of life. We've already read that one. Look at verse 11. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Revelation 2.11, shall not be hurt of the second death. So you have to overcome. Well, wait a minute. You're overcoming by the blood of Jesus Christ. You're overcoming by your faith by being uh, born of God. So when it says, you not, you sh- he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death, that's sort of like, well, Duh. You're saved. Of course, you're not going to be hurt of the second death. But it's that word overcoming that makes it sound like you've got to do something. You trust Christ, you're an overcomer, and nobody that's an overcomer will be hurt by the second death. I hope that's clear. Look at verse 17. Revelation 2.17, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Notice this is always the churches. Last verse of, of each one talking to an individual church. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, one, and will give him a white stone. Well, look at that white stone. It's very interesting. Remember, I've already finished chapter 2, so I, I'm, I'm, I've already studied all this out again. And in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. So you have two more things here. Not only are you going to eat of the tree of life if you overcome, not be heard of the second death, now you're going to eat of the hidden manna. And we'll look at manna in the Old Testament, see what that has to do with. You'll receive a white stone in which his name is written. So you'll receive a white stone. And and, and that's real interesting if you look at judicial law in in England. You know how they wore the white uh, wig? There's a reason for that. And you know, you pull the wool over somebody. Those wigs are wool, and you pull the wool over their eyes. I mean, it. it, Listen, there's so many things that if you study history and you study it out, it's really interesting. Not you know, it's 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 not in the Bible that way. But when 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 nations, countries follow the Bible, you may forget or not know why it's being done a certain way. But that's why it comes from the Bible. England did that because of the Bible. America did many things because of the Bible. And now we're not doing a lot of things because of the Bible. We've gotten away from the Bible. Next one, look at chapter 3, verse 5. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. Well, if you're saved, do you think you'll be clothed in white raiment? Sure. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Well, wait a minute. Now, remember, I've taught on the book of life. I believe the Bible teaches plainly that everybody's name is written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. God knows who's going to be born, who's not going to be born. Maybe all aborted babies have their name in the book of life. We don't know. All, all I know is it never says anybody is added to the book of life. It only talks about being blotted out. How do you get blotted out? You die without Christ. Your name's blotted out. Well then of course anybody that's an overcomer will not have their name blotted out. They have their name not blotted out because they are saved and therefore because they are saved they are an overcomer. Another one, it goes on, it says, but I will confess His name before my Father and before His angels. Of course if you're saved He'll confess your name. But it's using the word overcome and not just salvation. So You'll be clothed in white raiment, verse 5. You will not have your name blotted out of the book of life, verse 5. And you'll be confessed before the Father and the angels, verse 5. Now look at chapter 3, verse 12. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. So he'll be, be, be made a pillar in the temple of God, verse 12. He'll have the name of God written upon him and the New Jerusalem, Revelation 3.12. And he'll have the Son's name written upon Him, verse 12. Look at chapter 3, verse 21. To Him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my Father in His throne. So He will sit in the throne with the Son of God. Now watch this. This verse is also very important from this perspective. It says, He'll sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame Jesus Christ. So, um, I don't think Jesus earned His salvation. You know, it it just doesn't make sense. Jesus Christ was an overcomer. We are overcomers because we are in Christ. We are overcomers because we've trusted Christ. And that's why you're an overcomer. It's not some work you do. It's It's nothing like you could think if you just look at it on a surface level. Look at chapter 21, Revelation chapter 21, verse 7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. He that overcometh shall inherit all... So you can inherit all things if you overcome. How do you overcome? You get saved. That's it. And I'll prove that. I haven't really proven it yet. Overcoming is based solely upon the blood of the Lamb. Look at Revelation chapter 12. During Daniel's 70th week, those who overcome are the ones who have not taken the mark of the beast. They have overcome because they haven't taken the mark. How will anyone resist the mark during that time? Only by trusting God for protection, strength, and endurance. Overcoming does not guarantee they will not suffer death before Christ's second coming. So Revelation 12:11, and they overcame Him by the what? So how do you overcome? There's nothing clearer in the whole Bible than what I just showed you right there. So when I started seeing this, there were people that were debating me, I haven't heard from any of them for well over a year, well over a year. When I put out the book, I've only written one book while well, I've been here, called Tribulation Salvation, Jesus Still Saves, because I wanted to refute the teaching, and this was part of it, about the overcoming. But when I went to Revelation 12, 11, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. What's the death? Well, it might be um, having your head chopped off. They're going to use the guillotine, likely, or they're going to. that's the method of death uh, during Daniel's 70th week. But how do they overcome the blood of the Lamb? Overcoming equals the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. In the context of this passage, the archangel Michael has cast Satan out to the earth. That's Revelation 12, 7 through 9. Michael's up in heaven. He casts Satan to earth. Satan begins pursuing the woman, which is Israel, Revelation 12, 6, um, 13 through 17. How does Israel overcome this most dreadful period? The same way all others have overcome by the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb. How's somebody saved in the future? The blood. What's the mark of the beast? Well, the mark of the beast just makes things a little different right now. There is nothing you can do where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. But in Daniel's 70th week, when somebody takes the mark, they are eternally damned. That's it. They have no hope. They're still alive, and yet they cannot undo their choice to take the mark. Therefore, at that time, I believe... Their name is blotted out of the book of life because there is no salvation once they take the mark. So, how do they overcome? They overcome by the blood of the Lamb. How do they stop from taking the mark? Well, the Bible says that if they draw you before the judgment seats, take no thought of what you're going to say, for the the Holy Ghost will give you the words to say. In other words, God's going to give people supernatural protection. They're not going to, if they trust in Christ, they're saved, and then He's going to help them die the death. And not um, take the mark. Only those that are deceived are going to take the mark. Now what happens if God protects them from deception? They will not take the mark. Why? God. Not me. I'm not here. Not, Not man. It's because God's supernatural protection. That's exciting to me. Because when I saw that and I realized that even in the future... It isn't this thing where God's, you know, some man's got to live during the most horrendous time on earth through his own power. And through his own power, he earns his own salvation by not taking the mark. Because what if God protects them? And it is going to be that way. So going back to um, Revelation chapter 2. So the passages in Revelation invalidate the false teaching concerning overcoming and the purpose of the tree of life. The tree of life will offer physical life. It is not a means of extending life, I'm sorry, it is not a means of extending life should the individual cease to eat the fruit thereof. So if if it extends life and they stop eating the fruit and it's the reason that they're extending their life, then they die doesn't mean they're eternally damned. But it's just something God's chosen to do. You eat of the tree of life. You eat of the tree of life. And as you eat of the tree of life, it extends your life. Again, that doesn't have to do with us. Remember, we're talking... Okay, so somebody asked me... It was actually Melissa. She came up and she was asking me a question about something along these lines, but also totally different. But it, it has the same application. We are a spiritual people. We are sealed, eternally secure, and everything I'm talking about here has nothing to do with us. We're going to reign with Christ. But what's going to happen is this. When the seven years ends and Jesus Christ is coming back, He's going to send His angels, gather the elect, that's all. everybody that's saved, that's still on earth. We're with Him coming back. So this has nothing to do with us. We're, we're coming back with Him. Um, so those on earth that He protects and kills everybody else, they have natural bodies. They go in the millennium. We have glorified bodies. Change in the twinkling of an eye. Totally different. That's us, this is them. They go into the millennium with natural bodies. They have children. Those children have a choice. Do I serve God or do I reject Him? All those that go in the millennium are saved. They've overcome. But Okay, just like you. If you're saved, do you birth saved children? You have eternal security. Do you birth eternal secu- eternally secure children? No. So that's the same way in the millennium. They birth children. Those children have a choice. Do I serve God or do I not serve God? And they're going to go through the millennium. They will either serve God or, or rebel against Him. And then at the end of the thousand years, Satan is loose for a season. He deceives the nation. God comes down and just kills everybody that's against Him. And then he creates a new heaven, new earth. But the point is, I want you to understand that what I'm talking about in the future, in the millennium, has nothing to do with the church or with us. We're a totally separate group. So as we're looking at this, don't start thinking, man, i got to eat of the tree of life in order to live. Don't think that. Because there's two separate groups here. I just had to make that clear. And and boy, I was so appreciative of the question. It wasn't this, I hadn't preached this yet. It was about something else I said. She said um, that they will um, mourn all those that mourn. And she said, well, I thought that he was going to wipe away all tears. I said, well, he's not going to wipe away all tears till the end of the thousand years. So there'll be tears in the millennium. There'll be mourning in the millennium. There'll still be people sinning in the millennium. That's why he's going to rule with the rod of iron, because they're going to be natural-born children that still have propensity to sin with still a sin nature. But He will be ruling in such a way... I mean, just think about it. If Jesus Christ was ruling today, wouldn't that be like bliss on earth if you're a believer? Yeah, it's hell on earth if you're not. So, what's the millennium all about? When the King of Kings rules and gives you an opportunity to see what righteous rulership is... How does man handle it? Same way he did in the Garden of Eden. He ate the fruit. In other words, they' you know, they'll last for a while, and then Satan will be, you know, Satan will be loose, and they're going to go, "Oh man, we like, your, we like your offer better than his. He's too strict. We want our way. We want our rights. Have it your way. Hardy's will be here and just thriving." That was a joke Oh. <laughs> It's Burger King. Have it your way. So look at um, Revelation 2.7 is where I was going to take you. Um, the tree of life presents two preconditions for those blessed to be able to partake of the tree of life. Number one, overcoming, and number two, doing His commandments. Revelation 2.7, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Look at Revelation twenty two fourteen. Revelation twenty two fourteen. Blessed are they that do His commandments. They they may take, they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. So. What happens if you don't do His commandments? Not us. What happens if the future people don't do His commandments? They don't have right to the tree of life. Their life may be cut short. Now, if they're already overcomers, they don't die and go to hell. They just have a shortened life. Okay? Turn to 1 John chapter 2 again. John wrote and focused upon this doctrine more than any other writer. In his First John epistle, John covered four crucial and foundational truths concerning overcoming. And we looked at this, but I want to I delve into it from another perspective again. Uh, in 1 John 2, a saint was an overcomer before the completion of his life and possibly during his youth. Let's look at it. 1 John 2.13, I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. how they overcome? By the blood of the lamb. Don't ever forget. It the Bible doesn't contradict itself. I write unto you little children because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you fathers because ye have known Him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because ye are strong and the Word of God abideth in you and ye have overcome the wicked one. You've overcome the wicked one. 1 John 4, 4 I already read. Ye are of God little children and have overcome them because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. The little children, the young men. So people that are young can be overcomers. And then 1 John 5.4, I've, I've already read that. That which is born of God overcometh the world. Again, the victory that overcomes is found through a man's faith. And the specific faith that allows one to overcome is possessed by he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. We looked at that verse. We'll look at it one more time toward the end in 1 John 5.5. 5. It's essential not to allow assumptions to interfere with the reality of God's intended truths. The doctrine of overcoming has been twisted whether taught as a work of man or a requirement for salvation. Yet the totality of Scripture indisputably proves that overcoming is based solely upon the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you've got to get. Overcoming is a God-given benefit granted to those who trust the Lord. All who are in Christ overcome in Him, by Him, and through Him. According to John, we are of God because um, we who are of God overcome because we are dwelt by one who is greater than he who serves as the God of this world. Second Corinthians four four, and that's First John four four again. So, look back at First John chapter five. I want to look at this one more time. No true Bible believer teaches that overcoming results from a long battle tested life of one who earned merit and favor with God. Instead, God could gift it to young men, little children that have known the Father, had the indwelling Word and the indwelling God. In other words, men overcome not because of works of righteousness, but by knowledge of the righteous one through believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Look at 1 John 5.4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Period. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. How do you get to overcome through the blood? Because you believe Jesus is the Son of God. You're saved. You and I are overcomers already. What happens if we fail God? We're still overcomers. Our life may be cut short. Their lives may be cut short. However, overcoming comes through the blood by believing in the Son of God. Look at Romans 8, and this is the last verse I want you to look at. There are some dispensationalists mainly, because I was one, and I I am a dispensationalist, just not, not the tune that I was. So, they discount these truths based on Dispensational distinctives. Involved with the writings of John. And they really only want you to consider the writings of Paul. Because Paul is the apostle of Gentiles. Um, But the premise that we're looking at, if you look at Romans 8 verse 37, look at what he says here. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. You see, we're more than conquerors through Him because we've overcome. And that's it. So when you look, so it isn't just John. And, and they go, well, you know, Hebrews, and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, 1st, 2nd Peter, Jude, Revelation, they're all future books. Man, it doesn't work. That's what I was taught. It doesn't work. That's hyper-dispensationalism. Those books... Revelation being the future, although the first three chapters up to chapter 4 verse 1 where you see John caught up, that's a picture of the rapture. Those three chapters are epistles to seven local churches. I already mentioned second epistle to the church of Ephesus. The, the the epistle to the Laodiceans, Pergamus, Sardis, all those were local churches in Asia Minor where John wrote them epistles, and let the churches read it. You're supposed to read those epistles. You say, well, they're confusing. They're only confusing if you let a word like overcome be taught to you that that means work salvation. If you understand overcome, when you read those epistles, you go, wow. Oh, and then you read the tree of life and you think, oh, well, the tree of life gave, would have given Adam and Eve eternal life. Well, I'm going to teach you and show you that it doesn't do that. It, was, it, it gave them extended life. Had they continued to eat it, they would have eaten of the tree of life and lived forever so long as they ate it forever. And that's what Revelation teaches. And what you'll find is you'll find the tree of life in... Genesis, Revelation, and in Psalms or Proverbs. Psalms. can't remember which now. And then Ezekiel has these trees in it that, that give you a lot of insight. So when you study that, and then you'll, you, you get in there and you go, oh man, the tree of life, it, it, it's not them earning their salvation. And again, that is so crucial because if you think that these, that, that book, Revelation, is only supposed to be read... By somebody in a future period, and then you take that all the way back to the Book of Hebrews, and you say Hebrews through Revelation's a future period, and they can lose their salvation during that period. They got to work for their salvation during that period, which is what is taught. Man, it makes it—you lose so much of your Bible and so much teaching. It. it I remember somebody came up to me after I, I wrote my book, One Book Routley Divide, and its original edition. And he said, oh, don't take Hebrews from us. I looked at that woman, I was like, what does that mean? Because my book taught Hebrews wasn't written for the church. It's written for Jewish believers. It was never signed by Paul. Because we saw today, did the Jews accept Paul's teaching? If it said Paul, like the other 13 epistles that have Paul's name as the first word in them, do you think those Jews would have ever read the, the epistle of the Hebrews? No. So he doesn't have his name in there, but it's the greatest book ever written to try to evangelize Hebrews, Jews, for Jewish Christians more than anybody else, but it's for us too. So don't, you know, So when she said that, I didn't get it. Now I go back and go, I didn't mean to. That's what I'd like to say. Let me give you this last paragraph I wrote. Men confuse the issue of salvation and rewards when they fail to understand that those who add faithful obedience to overcoming gain special rewards from the Almighty. So if you're faithful, you get special rewards. This blessing is a truth taught in Revelation 2.26, which states this, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. The honest Bible student readily admits that this truth matches the teaching set forth by the Apostle Paul, 2 Timothy 2.12, when he states, If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. There's some that have taught, well, that means you can lose your salvation. Context. If we suffer, we reign. If we deny him by not suffering, he denies us a what? A reign. That's the context. But what does it say? If we suffer, we shall reign. If we deny him, he'll deny us. And they go, well, he'll deny you and send you to hell. It's not the context. Context determines meaning. I am a Bible teacher, Bible preacher that, listen, I, you know, I was taught a lot of things that weren't right. And I'm not guaranteeing you everything I teach is right. I do, do I believe every... I believe I teach uh, without error. However, doesn't mean I do. And if God shows me an error, you know what my responsibility is? To fix it, change it, confess it if need be, if it's a big enough issue. And say, "Hey, I was wrong, and this is what I should have. This is what I've learned since I taught you that." By the way, tonight is my six hundredth sermon. I have spreadsheets, CPA. You know, I have a spreadsheet, so it has. I have to keep all the titles, all the subjects, uh, where I've been, because as you get older, you have a tendency not to remember six hundred different places you've been. So anyway, tonight's the six hundredth. I thought that was great. John bought me lunch today and celebrated and didn't even know it. Uh, the honest Bible student understands that while our salvation is based solely upon the faith in the finished work of Christ, God blesses our our rewards upon or He bases our rewards upon our faithful obedience to Christ. Our rewards are based on our obedience, and that's what you need to understand. Same way in the future. Listen, things are not as different as some people make them, but they are different. There's no tree of life, you know, and and so you, you you don't have to be thinking about that. But anyway, let's all stand together. Lord, we do thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for dying on that cross. Thank you for being such a faithful Savior. Help us to be faithful in turn. We love you because you first loved us. Help us to never forget that love that you've given to us. Help us to draw nigh unto you, so we can draw. Uh, so you'll draw nigh unto us. Pray for the work that's going to be accomplished in the next couple of weeks. Just pray that it will be done to your honor and glory. I just pray you'd keep everybody safe, especially as they're on the roof and roofing and, uh, Lord, doing those things. I just pray, Lord, that you would um, watch over them. And uh, we pray this in Jesus' name and for His sake, amen. Let's go ahead and play.